Hello and welcome to Worship Where You Are with Triumphant Love Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. I'm Pastor Danielle Casey and we are delighted to have you worshiping with us on this third Sunday of Advent. Just a few announcements and reminders. Please continue to send us your prayer requests to include in worship. You can send those in to us or give us a call at the church office. We also appreciate you sharing your giving whether that's through our online website or by snail mail. And finally, please continue to send in your 2021 Forming Faith from Roots to Fruit commitment cards. As you saw in our slides, we've received about half of our normal amount, so please help us complete our tree. And we will be gathering poinsettias for our Christmas services. There's information on our e-news about how you can give a poinsettia in honor or memory of a loved one. And now we begin our service as we sing our Advent wreath lighting song, He Came Down. turn to our Advent prayer. We praise you, O God, for this victory wreath that marks our days of preparation for Christ's Advent. As we light the candles on this wreath, strengthen our hearts as we await the Lord's coming in glory. Enlighten us with your grace that we may serve our neighbors in need. Grant this through Christ our Lord, whose coming is certain and whose day draws near. Amen. As we light the three candles on our wreath here, we see images of those lighting candles on their Advent wreaths at their home altars. We sing.
of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. I now invite our young people to gather around to join Deacon Bree for a children's message. morning. Uh, it's really good to see you guys again, even though um, it is digitally, but are you guys getting excited for Christmas? It feels a little different this year. Uh, we can't all be together in the sanctuary, and we can't um, all sing the same songs we could sing together last year, but I want to tell you that it won't be too long until we can do all those things again. As you can see, I've got my Advent wreath all set up here. I've got three candles lit since it's the third Sunday in Advent, so only a few more weeks to go. Today's message is actually a lot like last week's message when Pastor Danielle talked to you about John the Baptist. And so we revisit John the Baptist in a different gospel today. And in today's gospel, what happens is that um, the... People have heard about all the good stuff that John the Baptist is doing, and so some Levites and priests are sent out to visit him. And what that means is really important people in the church, people who work for the church at the time, uh, or the temple, since they're Jewish, come to go see what he's doing. And they say, are you the Messiah? And he goes, no, that's not me. I'm not supposed to do that. And they go, then, are you a prophet like Elijah or Moses? And he says, no, that's not who I am. I'm John the Baptist. And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about what it means to be called to do the work that you're supposed to do. And I know that word work is really kind of scary, but uh, don't worry, it's not as scary as it sounds. So one of the things that we believe as Christians, especially as Lutheran Christians, is that all of us have gifts that the world needs. Um, and it's, we spend our whole lives figuring out and refiguring out as we grow and learn and change what we have to offer and what the world needs. And that's where God calls us. So in today's story, John the Baptist is not called to be the Messiah. He's not called to be a prophet. He's not called to be a teacher like that, he's called to baptize, and he's called uh, to make the way ready for Jesus, his cousin, who's coming after him. And that's the work that he does, and he does it so well that people are impressed. So I want you to think about, right for a second, what is something that you might be able to do for the world around you? What is it that your house, your parents, your friends, 
your neighbors or your teachers might need that you can offer. So I have a trick that I learned um, when I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, I saw Bishop Desmond Tutu speak at an event. And what he said was, he said, somebody once asked him, how does he know what he's called to do or what the work that he's supposed to do? How does God tell him? And he says, God delivers me a message every morning and he puts it on my front doorstep. And that message is the newspaper. So it looks a little different, but I brought how I read the newspaper, which is on my iPad. Back at when Bishop Desmond Tutu preached that to me, I read it in a paper, like a paper paper, but I don't anymore. I read it like this every morning, right? And I scroll through and I look for what's happening in the world and I think about what I have to offer. And then that's what I do. So I want you to think of at least one thing that you can do this week that helps someone that you are close to, whether it's your mom or your dad, your brothers or sisters, someone in your quarantine pod, a next door neighbor or a teacher. What is one thing that you can do to help? And that's the work that we're called to do. That's what preparing the way for the Lord is, like John the Baptist says during Advent. I know our Christmas preparations don't look the same, but that doesn't mean that there isn't things to do. So as you think about that one thing that you can do, let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us. Help us to hear you when you tell us what to do to help others and the world around us. Amen. Okay, great. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thank you, guys. Please join me in reading Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then her mouth was filled with laughter and her tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoice. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses and the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. A reading from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise of the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the gospel.
The gospel today comes from John, uh, starting in the first chapter and the sixth verse. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. And this is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. And he said, Are you they said, Are you a prophet? And he answered, No. And then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying out into the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor a prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water, and among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan from where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but Christmas carols are hitting a little bit different for me this year. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas is really not true for me, considering I don't really leave my house that much, and I still haven't put up my own personal decorations. The song, I'll Be Home for Christmas, which was written for World War II soldiers overseas, is very applicable. And joy to the world is honestly just a little too hard to connect to. I know that I should be getting things ready and that my spirit will feel much better after doing the things to prepare for the season, but somehow it's just a reminder to me of how long we've all been doing this. A socially distant Christmas is not really what I had expected. It's not really what I had hoped to be preparing for, and yet, this is where we are. Which is exactly where we're always called to be, because we really can't be anywhere than where we are right now. But more on that in just a second. For now, let's look at the gospel today. 
which is so nice that we get to have it twice. If you're thinking to yourself, we heard this exact same text last week, then you're right. You did from a different gospel. And just like last week, John is out preaching and baptizing in the wilderness, and he's doing such a good job of it that the leaders of the faith send out little minions to go and see if he might be the one that they've been waiting for. To which John replies, I am not. To which the priests and Levites then reply, well then, who are you? So this last week, our eighth graders started thinking about their confirmation projects, um, meeting with me to talk about their spiritual gifts and the needs of the world around them. For those of you who don't know, our eighth graders do this every year. They discern their spiritual gifts and then create a project where they get to practice using those gifts for the betterment of the world. I try to remind our students that they will do this work for the rest of their life, discerning, responding, discerning, responding. Asking the question, what do I have to offer and what does the world need? Frederick Buechner says that it is the place that we are called to where our deep gladness and the world's deep hunger intersect. It was a weird year, really honestly, to have these conversations because when I asked, what do you think the community needs? Almost all of us talked about loneliness, being apart, and how it's really hard to connect. We have so many ideas about how the work that God does will look that sometimes I think we forget to open up our eyes and just witness the work all around us. John is doing exactly what he's called to, and he's doing it so well that he actually confuses the faith leaders because they have certain expectations about what the Messiah and a prophet will look like and it kind of looks like John. The age-old problem of if you do something too well, they try to move you up the ladder. John was a really weird guy. I think Pastor Danielle talked about that a little bit last week. Or at least he was a very serious guy. He lived off the land and lived way outside of town. He told it like it was, and he gave people hope. He knew what his work was in the now. And I think it gave him gladness to do it. So here is my first question. In your mind, what does a person who is called to do ministry look like? What are your expectations for that? I know many of you did not have me as your deacon for your confirmation classes, but I have to tell you that it's you. You're a person that's called to do ministry. Perhaps it's not the ministry of being a priest or a Levite, a.k.a. a pastor or a deacon, but you all have gifts, and the world around you has many, many needs. And that is where you are called to act. In Thessalonians today, it says that, there, that the peace of God will sanctify you completely. And I don't know about you guys, but I want that. I want to feel that clarity and calm. So right before I came to work here, like a decade ago, I was actually a mission developer working at a new congregation start here in Austin, and I loved it. Our congregation's average age was 23 years old, and I had been a youth minister at a church in San Marcos for three years before that, and frankly, I was tired. 
I was ready for some change and excited about the new freedoms of working on something that was completely my own. I loved that little community with all of my heart, but something just was not right. Everything felt like work. I was planning worship all the time, which there are worship deacons and I am not one of them. I was working with only adults, which was rough, and I was also doing a lot of stuff I liked, so I couldn't quite place my finger on what was the problem because I had all these skills, like I could do the work, I was skilled at it, but there was something missing. So with a free summer, I decided to volunteer at the youth gathering in New Orleans and leading youth groups through their service projects there in the city. And it was great. And while I was there, actually the youth group that I had led for several years called me and asked if I could just kind of pitch it and come in and uh, help for the night. Um, and I did. And that one night of yelling at teenagers to stay together and walk click quickly and accompanying them through their problems and catching up with things and just laughing with them and witnessing the greatness of the youth gathering with them really was the most purpose and peace that I had felt in a long time. I had the abilities to do the other work, but it wasn't where I was called. So there I was, not clicking with my deep gladness and peace, but still doing work that was needed. It was as though God was asking me that night, who are you? And I had an answer for him. This is a weird time to discern this for yourselves. But like I said, there is only ever right now. So there is no time but to discern this right now. So think for just a moment on where you are called. What is your work? Who are you? I hope something just popped into your heart and yet you knew that it was true. Whatever that thing is, don't reject it. Don't talk yourself out of it because it, for any number of rational reasons because I think that that's how misery is born. If John can live his call while eating bugs and wearing camel hair, then you can lean in. Prepare ye the way of the Lord is not idle work to be done by people who sit in church offices. That isn't how the needs and gifts work. You have gifts and the world has needs. So that brings me to question number two. What do you think is your work to be done? And why do you think that your work has been sanctified and will bring you peace? So let's take a quick second look at that first reading, because it took me a few read-throughs to let those first few lines sink in. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. I have a tendency to read Isaiah sometimes and overly make it about Jesus, which is appropriate, but today I want you to think about that text as though it is written about you personally. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to release the prisoners. 
There is work that you have been set apart for that the world needs. We all have that work to do. And that is how we prepare the way for the Lord. Now, if I just said the word work and you just had an existential meltdown because it's a pandemic and we're all riding the struggle bus, and by that I mean everyone is feeling anything from deep and crushing grief to constant buzzing anxiety or uh, uh, stimulation overload. But please do not be afraid. Because if you'll remember my story earlier, this work has a side effect of joy and peace. This work that you are called to. And it's the real kind of joy and peace. The kind that sticks even when you're feeling tired and even when everything is hard. Because everything right now is hard. But we can do all things through God who strengthens us, even hard things. So here is my very last question. Even in this time of great struggle, how do we do the work we were meant to do? I am not sure what work you are called to do. Even though that's technically my call to help you guys discern the work that you are meant to do, but I haven't seen you in eight months, and this is a totally new situation, so I'm not even sure if I could guess what you're meant to do right now in this moment. But I know that you have that work in your heart and that God has definitely placed it there and probably left clues. And I know that because you have gifts and the world needs, I would bet big money that God is connecting those two things for you somehow in your mind and heart this very moment wherever you are. So my prayer for you this Advent is that you listen because someday soon we all will be together if the fates allow. And until then, I wish you nothing but joy and peace. Amen. Come, come as you are. Come to the place where God listens. Come and know that God is here too and hears our prayers. Hear our prayer, hear our prayer, Lord, make us whole. Peace to all Father God, 
Just as you sent John the Baptist to prepare the way for Jesus, help us to clear the paths in our own hearts and prepare a place for him. Show us the distractions in our lives that block us from fully worshiping you. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Give us hearts, Lord, that look for your coming every day. Help us to live lives that constantly seek your presence through the lens of love. Help us to see you in those around us. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. On this Advent Sunday of joy, we know that not everyone feels joyful during this season. We remember today, Lord, all who have lost loved ones, those who are ill or dying, those who lack food and shelter, those who suffer injustice, those who are lonely. Be merciful to them. Show us how to be your hands and feet, your heart to all who need you. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Emmanuel, God with us, hear these prayers of joy and concern from our congregation. We lift up prayers of thanksgiving for our triumphant love ministry, especially for our children, youth, and family ministry teams, for Amy and Deacon Bree, for their ongoing sharing of the good news of Christ's coming through safe and special Advent activities. We pray for those in need of healing, especially for David, Myron, and Emily, for students in the midst of finals and tests, for those in need of peace and hope, especially for Courtney. We pray for those battling COVID-19 across the country and around the world, for those in need of healing from this virus, especially pastors in our synod and members of our synod staff. And we pray for those who mourn the loss of loved ones, especially the Stocko, Lyle, and Peterson families. And for those in our hearts and minds now, hear us, O God, your mercy is great. It is God's will that we always be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. O Lord, may it be so. Amen. Amen. And the peace of Christ be with you always. Please share a sign of Christ's peace with those in your household or with others throughout your week. Your continued support of our ministry during this unprecedented time is greatly appreciated. You can mail in your offering or use this time to set up online giving. Simply go to tllc.org and click on the Give tab. Or use our Give Plus text feature to give your offering digitally. Simply text the amount you wish to give to 512-357-7693 and then follow the secure payment instructions.
Let us pray. Generous God, you have created all that is, and you provide for us in every season. Bless all that we offer, that through these gifts the world will receive your blessing. In the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, we pray. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, full of your glory, Holy God, the beginning and the end, our joy, our love, our peace, and our hope. We praise you for creating a world of order and beauty. When we brought on chaos, cruelty, and despair, you sent the prophets to proclaim your justice and mercy and to testify to the light. At this end of the ages, your son Jesus came to bring us your love and to heal all the suffering world. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his life, death, and resurrection, we await his coming again in righteousness and peace. Send your spirit on us and on this bread and wine we share. Strengthen our faith, increase our hope, and bring to birth the justice and joy of your Son. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, we pray as Jesus taught. 
our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We sing. now invite you to share the bread and wine or juice that you have gathered at your table using the words the body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Those who are not, not receiving the sacrament may receive a blessing on the forehead. And this is the body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you.
Let us pray. Gracious and abundant God, you have done great things for us, and we rejoice. In this bread and cup, you give us life forever. In your boundless mercy, strengthen us and open our hearts to the world's needs. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And receive the blessing. The creator of the stars, bless your advent waiting. The long-expected Savior, fill you with love. And the startling spirit, guide your journey, now and forevermore. Amen. We sing. Before we dismiss from the service, just a reminder to send in your poinsettia requests and to look at our e-news for our different options for our Christmas Eve services. We hope you will make plans to join us for those. And now, go in peace. Prepare the way of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our message today. We are Triumphant Love Lutheran Church and are affiliated with the Southwest Texas Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. We are located in Austin, Texas. You can follow us on our website, www.tllc.org. We look forward to you seeking us out as our podcasts progress and further episodes are added. You have a great day. And may the Lord be with you.